Yeah, that sounded exciting. All right, Romans 15. Isn't it great to be back? <laughs> oh, man. Every time I pulled back on the property, you know, after Thanksgiving or Christmas break, it just it feels like your gut just falls to your feet. It's like, oh, I have to work hard again. And uh, But it goes really quick. It's, it's really great. The next few weeks go quickly. And um, now when you come back in January, it's like the longest dry part ever. Uh, but, but it's awesome. It's awesome. So you're having a great time. Amen. Amen. All right. Both of you. So that's great. Uh, Romans 15. But then I want you to go over to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. And um, I want to look at a couple of verses here. I think we're allowed to use our Bibles a little bit. Right. Bible college. All right, good. John's the fourth book in the New Testament. You were out for a few days, so I just want to make sure you know where that's at. So uh, it's good to see you guys. Um, I pray for the college. I pray for you all um, every day. You're on my prayer list, and um, and don't quit. Keep going. God has some great things for every one of you. So just uh, follow the Lord's direction in your life. And I can tell you this: there's nothing greater than serving God. And uh, I wouldn't change anything. So I've had hard times, trials, things you don't even want to hear about. But uh, God is so good. He's so faithful. And just keep going and be faithful in those things. In John chapter 17, we have been preaching, um, well, I say we, I have, uh, at our uh, church. um, I took Thursday nights this year and uh, preached on things that we don't want to talk about. And... um, and just topics, so he went, oh, thanks. Uh, but uh, just topics that, you know, it's kind of awkward, don't necessarily want to hear a sermon on them, and uh, done everything from food and eating. Our church hated those three sermons. Um, but um, I, I studied food intensely uh, in the Bible, and um, why are you laughing? Uh, and, but uh, I learned a lot of things, and... Uh, and I, I've applied them, and uh, and it was a, it was a good study. So it was it was interesting. So I've lost seventy two pounds. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Yeah, that's like almost what I weighed when I came to college seventy two pounds. So that's really cool. Uh, I wear a smaller pant size than my son does now. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah, yeah. He got married and chubby. Um, Anyways, I let him know that. Uh, but uh, yeah, so but we studied that. Uh, we I did a whole a couple of sermons on personal hygiene. The Bible talks a lot about it, and some of you need to study it. Um, but uh, it's really it's really good. Uh, but then lots of other topics, and uh, this one uh, that I'm sharing, the Lord just gave me. Um, I've not yet preached it. Um, I was going to preach it this Thursday, but we had this missionary family coming in, the Reardons. So he's preaching this Thursday. If you know him, pray for him. Uh, but um, but uh, so the next Thursday, I'll probably bring this message. But um, but the Lord just really laid on my heart. I was studying for today, and um, and I want to preach on a different topic, maybe one we don't like necessarily talk about. But it's this: is the topic of unity, unity, and especially us as fundamental Baptists, man. We just unity. All right. We are who we are. Uh, but look at John chapter 17. Look at verse number 20 real quick. All right? John 17, verse 20. 
Neither pray I for these alone. Now, who is this speaking? Junior church, anyone? Great. It's the Lord, right? Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Who's that? Jesus is speaking, so who's he praying for? Not just the disciples, but he's praying for those who will believe on them on him through their word, through the apostles' word. And who's that? Boy, I hope your doctrine classes are going better, right? That's us, right? He's praying for us. Isn't that great? I'll read it again. Hopefully you'll catch it this time. Neither pray I for these alone, that's the disciples there, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. All right, so there we go. Verse 21, that they all may be what? As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I found this very interesting, what the Lord said here, um, and just to kind of lay a foundation here, but these are the Lord's words, and you see what his desire is there in verse number 20. Uh, his desire, um, well, in verse 21, is that they all may be one. Now, I do not believe, do not get me wrong, I'll lay a quick statement here of faith. I do not believe in a universal church. I don't believe God's teaching that at all. If you do believe in a universal church, you have the right to be wrong. And I'm not going to argue with you because I would go against the sermon. But, all right, but the fact is this, all right, we as believers, God desires for us to get along. To get along. You may not agree with everything. But that's his desire that they all may be one. And ultimately, as we grow in the faith, I know this is a weird statement, but we all have the same Bible, I hope in this room, right? We have the same Holy Spirit, amen, who is the teacher. And if we continue studying and growing, he's not going to lead us into error. And so as long as we continue to be yielded to the Holy Spirit of God and growing and studying the word of God, we should come to a same thought on things. It may take time. But we should. When we get to heaven, we'll all be on the same thought, I promise. All right? And you'll be like, oh, he was right. All right, so, um, but the desire is that we would all be one. And then you see his delight. All right? I'm sorry, his design. It says there, uh, he shows us how, and a picture of it. As thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee. The unity that God the Father and God the Son enjoy. That's what God desires for us. All right. And then I get to the delight. This is what he wants out of it all, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. I want you to just let that soak in for a second. The Lord is praying in his prayer request and what he's praying for is that all those who would believe in him. Here we are, that we would be one and so that the world would believe in him. I just want to lay this out. That I believe one of our problems in 2022, I'm okay with everybody being different. I'm okay with everybody having some different thoughts on things. I'm okay with that. But one of our problems is we keep attacking each other so much. We're spending all of our time on trying to show up the other person, and we're not reaching souls because the lost world's looking and laughing at us. I read, and it alarmed me the other day. I was reading about 
the Cincinnati Reds because I like following peewee baseball. And uh, I was reading that, and as I was reading that, the author uh, uh, who wrote this little article said, I, now listen to what he said. He said, I've not seen so much fighting and divisions and disunity since my days in a Baptist church. Wow, <laughs> right? When I read that, I was just like, wow, that's sad. That's not God's desire. Now, I will tell you this, that the devil wants there to be divisions. Why? To keep people from believing. I mean, that's what the Lord said, right? I mean, I can see by your enthusiasm in this, right? But this is something, I know, I'm not in any way compromising. I'm not in any way accepting error. I'm not, I, I, I have... Uh, all of my standards, I teach uh, all the doctrine, and, uh, and I, I am not compromised, and I don't plan ever to bow the knee on those things, because they're scriptural and they're right. I'm not saying compromise, I'm saying this, get the chip off your shoulder. Quit living angry. You can be right and be a gentleman about it. You can be right and still love people. You can be right, and maybe others aren't quite on the same page as you, but remember when uh, John spoke up one time and said, Master, excuse me, I, there was these men over there, and I rebuked them because they were casting out devils in your name. I rebuked them, and the Lord said, leave them alone. Right? If they are not against us, they're for us. Now, don't take this sermon the wrong way. We're not compromising. We're not bowing the knee. I'm just talking about being kind. Because if you cut off everyone who doesn't believe like you, who are you going to reach? Who are you going to help? Aren't you glad the Lord isn't that way? Well, you're not as holy as I am, so you're out. No, he's not that way. Aren't you glad this college isn't that way? You don't know as much as our teachers, so you're out of here. Well, that's kind of the reason we're here, right? And, and seriously, as you as a believer, you're going to meet people. God wants you to help them. I have found that, you know, there's so much divisions and arguing amongst churches. It's really sad. Amongst pastors, it's really sad. But it starts in our churches. It starts right here. I'm going to end the message telling you the same statement I'm about to make, that if there's someone in this room that you're at odds with and you have having divisions and strife, it's because both of you or one of you are very prideful and you need to humble yourself, ask God to forgive you, and get right with each other today. Amen. You, you say, well, yeah, that's kind of judgmental of you. That's what the Bible teaches. Look over in 1 Corinthians, then we'll eventually get to Romans. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. 1 Corinthians 1, verse number 9. 1 Corinthians 1. Verse number 9. Look what it says here in 1 Corinthians 1, 9. It says, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren. Now he's talking to the brothers and sisters of the local church there at Corinth. I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no, what? Divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Paul's prayer for the brothers and sisters at the church at Corinth was that there would be no divisions. 
For the same reason Jesus prayed that there wouldn't be divisions. Because we have an obligation to reach this world. We have an obligation that the world can see the truth in us. In 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. And in verse number 3. Turn over a page. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 3. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Now if there is. Envyings and strife and divisions between you and someone else, be it a family member, be it a church member, be it a college peer, a teacher here, whatever it is. If there is strife and envying and divisions, it's because you're carnal. I mean, it's not, I'm just reading the Bible to you. If it's there, are ye not carnal and walk as men? Every time I preach on a topic that we don't like to talk about, this is how my church looks at me too, right? Hmm. Yeah, right? That's what it says. And if you sit in your seat and say, oh, I just, I'm not, I don't care. I'm not getting right with them. You're carnal. You're fleshly. And you're full of pride. Because only by pride cometh contention. And so we, we realize here that, that you know, The devil wants to bring these divisions because ultimately it's keeping people from seeing Christ. The Lord doesn't want these things, and if we do, it's because we're acting carnal. That's why, you don't have to turn there, but in Ephesians chapter number 4, God has given us all a local church. What is the purpose? That we would have pastors and teachers for for what? For, For the perfecting of the saints. For the edification of the body. Till we all come... To a point to where we're fitly joined together, right? And we're working together. That's why God has us in a church. And the church that you are a member of, you should be blossoming there. You should be investing yourself there. And if you have a problem with someone, the Bible teaches you what to do. You're supposed to go to that person. Now, God, God can't make... God's not going to make them get right with you. But you can do what's right. You can go to someone. You can ask their forgiveness. You can seek to get things right. Don't let the devil use you to keep people from coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're hurting your church. You're hurting your college. You're hurting your outreach. When you're full of divisions. Now, go over there to Romans 15. And let's go through this passage real quick. Expository style. Ready? Romans chapter 15, verse number 1. I'll read the seven verses and then we'll go back and talk about them real quick. Romans 15, verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another, according to Christ Jesus, that ye may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore receive ye one another as Christ also received us to the glory of God. Now I want you to see some things what Paul teaches here about True unity, all right? Number one, I want you to see the principles of unity. The principles of unity in verses one through three. 
The principles are simply this, two things. Number one, if we're seeking to truly have a, a, a spirit of unity, all right, then in verse number one, we ought to sustain the weak. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. In this room, in my church, in your church, there are some that are stronger spiritually than others. We're all, we'll be on different levels. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, we had a family visit our church one time and uh, they, they got our church name from a list that they saw on a certain well-known guy. And so they came and uh, they visited two weeks. My wife and I went to their house and, and uh, they said, now we, we studied and we listened to all your sermons. We know what you preach about uh, you know, dress and standards, but we noticed that there's a couple ladies that came in on Sunday that were wearing pants. And I was like, yeah. And they said, well, they're not listening to you. I said, no, they're immature. They're either not saved or they just got saved. They said, well, we don't want our family around that. I said, then you're going to be a member of a dying church. Because if your church is doing what it should be and it's living and growing, it's reaching new people and new people need to be taught. Right? There's no compromise going on. But they're on a different level. That's fine. I remember when I was a freshman, like years ago now. Years ago, right? You know, what was that, 19? Wow, 93. Man, right? None of you were even born. That's sad. All right. Uh, when I, I, I walked in thinking, you know, I was something, and uh, I can only imagine what my first room captain thought of me. I was a little cocky. That's hard to believe. I, was, I thought I knew. I had some carnality in me that needed to be rooted out in my ears here. And I'm thankful that my first room captain, which was parent, Mr. Brian Reinhardt, all right, um, but I will tell you this about him. He never looked down upon me. He helped me a lot. He kept giving me counsel. He kept telling me, you might not want to do that, right? I don't know how many times he told me that. Uh, I know. But I'm telling you this. He helped me because he practiced what verse number one says. Ye that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. You say, well, I'm pretty mature in the faith. All right, that's awesome. So give me the name of the weaker person that you're right now helping. Because if you don't have that name, quit fooling yourself that you're really strong in the faith. Because that's what it says, right? If you're strong in the faith, you're helping to bear the infirmities of the weak, that you have someone that you're investing in and that you're trying to help them. You're not probably not going to be their buddy buddy you're not going to hang out with them all the time but you're going to be there and be a voice of help a voice of comfort a voice of reason to try to point them in the right direction and you are investing in this person so who's that person because if you don't have them you need to find them you say i'm just a freshman you're working in ministries find them and i've also learned from experience that sometimes freshmen can be on a different level even in older people (laughs) Not in my room, Captain Case. He was much better than me, right? But, but it can happen, but invest in them. So number one, and by the way, if someone ever, I, I heard this one time, you know, I can't believe so-and-so had the audacity to challenge me on this. 
good. We need good influences in our life. But sustain the weak, and secondly, seek others. Verse 2 and 3, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. If you're really mature in the faith and you're seeking unity, and we're talking about the principles of unity, sustain others, and secondly, seek others. Quit pleasing yourself. Because the more selfish living, the more you are destroying unity. Let me tell you something, what the devil wants in this college, what the devil wants in this church, what the devil wants at all of your home churches, he wants to bring disunity. And the way, and by the way, we, if the devil gets in, it's because folks have given place to the devil. The way, number one way to do that, study, I don't have time to go to these verses, right? But when we do not forgive one another, we give place to the devil. That's what the Bible says. So when we hold these grudges against others and we seek our own self, we become selfish, self-centered, which, by the way, always leads to self-destruction. The Lord says to love our neighbor. I mean, remember when the Lord was asked what was the greatest commandments? To love the Lord God with all your heart. And second is likened to it to what? Love your neighbor as yourself. Everything else is kind of wrapped into that. Right? That's what the Lord said. So if you're sitting in Bible college and you're upset at the person across the room from you, you haven't talked to him in weeks and you have no intention of doing so and you hope that they have a terrible year, you're carnal and you need to get right with them today. Because you're destroying yourself. You're allowing the devil an opportunity to get in and destroy everything else. You're living a self-centered life. So the Lord wants us to have this unity. So the principles, again, are to sustain others and to seek others. I hope you have those people in your life. Uh, Secondly, you see the pattern of unity in verse number 4 and 5. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. You see the pattern of unity. God gives us a pattern how to have this unity. The first pattern in verse number 4 is He's given us the Scriptures. He's given... Now, we always throw this verse out that, you know, it's good to study everything in the Old Testament, and that's really great, that's a good application to this verse. But the context of this verse is helping people. The context of this verse is is building unity and strengthening other people. And what the verse is saying is this, look, if you're struggling in this, get back in the Bible and see it. Because you'll find it over and over and over again, this, as it says in verse number four, patience and comfort. Where do you see that in the scriptures? Patience and comfort. I thought of David and Saul. Saul was crazy. And I, you know, sometimes I kind of scratch my head at David. You know, someone threw a javelin trying twice to impale me against the wall. I'm going back to work the next day. I got to ask my own sanity here, right? right? But no, he did it because he respected him. He was trying to rebuild that. And he spent his life trying to seek that. Uh, With David, I thought of Abigail. Remember when uh, Abigail came and pled for her rotten husband, seeking that unity. Abraham and Lot, Joseph and his brothers, Jethro and Moses, 
Ruth and Naomi, Esther and the king. I'm just trying to say this. Study the Bible and you'll see it over and over again that the, those that are godly showed patience with people. Those that were godly tried to invest in others. You see scriptures, I got to keep going, but the second pattern of verse number five is our Savior. Now the God of patience and consolation grants you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Say, how can I, you know, bring this unity and help those around me act like Christ? What did he do in that verse there in verse number five? He he showed uh, patience and consolation. If I ask at raise of hands today, how many of you has God been patient with? You all better raise your hand. Because God has been so patient to every one of us. And patience is awesome and the mercy and the patience and the grace of God. We could stand here and rejoice in that for the next hour and a half and never come close to giving him the praise he's worthy of. He's been patient with us over and over and over again. But then that word consolation. I love that word consolation. It means this. It means to draw near. Not only has the Lord been patient, but he said, come here. He's held us and he's embraced us and he's protected us. He's tried to, to, to pull us close over and over and over again. I'm so glad God is not a God that constantly is pushing us away. Quite the opposite. You draw nigh to God, he will draw nigh to you. Every time. The royal invitation in the Bible from Noah to the end of the book of Revelation is the word come. Come. That's the Lord's call to every one of us. Consolation, that he can draw us towards him. You see, the principles of unity, a pattern of unity, then in verse number six, the purpose of unity. What is the purpose of unity? That ye may, with one mind and one mouth, do what? Glorify God. Can I tell you the first purpose of unity and why God wants us to have it is because it brings glory to God. We might glorify God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God wants and He deserves all the glory. Amen? And every time that we pick and fight and chew on one another, and as Paul talked about in the epistles, we bite and devour one another... We are robbing God of the glory that he deserves. That's the truth. We, we should strive. You say, well, well, they're wrong. Speak the truth. Tell them they're wrong in love. I mean, that's what the Bible says. I mean, John chapter 13, verse 35 says this, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. If what? What is it? Oh, see, we're, we're mumbling. I love when you ask questions in church because we always bring out our manly voice when we answer. It's like, we talk like this, but then when a preacher says something, we're like, we love one another, right? <laughs> we always do that in church. I don't know why, right? Even, even the ladies, they're just like, love one another, right? Yeah. It's just the way we respond in church, right? Yeah, right? Now, by this, uh, obviously, we look over in John. We'll come right back. But you've got to see this, all right? John 13, verse number 35. It's a really important vo- verse. John 13, 
Verse number 35, Jesus said these words, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if what? Love one to another. Don't take me wrong on my next statement. Somebody's going to take a clip of this and destroy me on the internet, right? God did not say, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have super high standards. I'm all for high standards. Not being mean, but I probably have higher standards than most of you. Not being prideful. I ha- I'm, I'm just saying I'm for high standards. But that's not what God Lord said. Well, I have a King James Bible. Praise the Lord. That is God's word. It is the preserved word of God. That's the only Bible you should have in your hands. Because there is no <laughs> other English-speaking version that should be in your hands. But that's not what God said. Is how the world's going to see that you're my disciples. Right? I mean, I can talk about all kinds of other things. Doctrine, praise the Lord for good doctrine. I'm not bowing the knee on any of these things. But I'm just telling you what Jesus said. And a lot of times we just get all this man influence, even our, you know, church fundamental standards and things influence. And we're like, well, that's how the world's going to see. Well, it is important, super important. I even preached a series on it here at this church, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I'm all for it. But Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one toward another. You know, what, you know what's happened, what the devil's done? We struggle with sharing love one towards another. And it's really sad because that's the thing. You know, last night I left. I came to visit. I, I came here. I was roaming around spying on all of you, trying to get a sermon together. Um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, and I, I spent some time with Matthew. He's from our church. Don't hold that against me. Uh, but no, I love Matthew. And I stood up to leave. And I, he came to me. We hugged each other. And I said, I love you. Matthew said, I love you too, Pastor. Awesome. Those that have been members of our church a long time, they're good with that. I love watching our new members. Because I'll be just be like, hey, I love you. And they're like, thank you. <laughs> they do. I, I'll be, someone will text me and be like, can you please pray for this? I will. I love you all. Awesome. <laughs> Isn't it sad that we struggle with this? It's really, really sad that we struggle with this. And there's only one reason, because the devil doesn't want you to do this. Because God says we need to love each other. I mean, how many verse? you know, the second is likened to it. You love your neighbor as yourself. We are to love one another. I mean, Paul even talked about greeting each other with a holy kiss. That was an oriental thing. Don't worry about it, all right? But the point is this, that you love each other, and there shouldn't be a problem. This should never be awkward for someone to walk up to you and say, hey, I love you. Thanks, man. Yeah, all right? I'm being serious for a second, all right? That shouldn't be weird as believers. But the world, you know, quit letting the world take everything. Good night, there's nothing weird about that. We're manly men, right? Yeah, see, all right. He had to think about it, but yeah, he's good. But seriously here, right? 
Don't let the devil rob you of this. Love one another. Now, again, don't be dumb, right? Yeah, going to lunch. Love you. Love you. Love you. And I love you. Right? No, that's not. But I am saying this. All right? Don't let it be foreign to you. Because we ought to love each other. That ought to be something that's, you know, there in our life that is evident in our life. What has happened is this, that there's a constant fighting and bickering and it's destroying that testimony to a lost world. Because we ought to do it for the glory of God. You know why our forefathers made a difference? Because the lost people watched our forefathers that they truly loved each other. They sacrificed for each other. They defended each other. They helped one another. And they weren't ashamed to say, I love you, brother. Because we ought to love each other. Because it brings glory to God. It brings glory to Him, and we ought to show that same patience and consolation. But the purpose of unity is to bring glory to God. And then a second purpose is this, for the giving of the gospel. Remember what we read as we started out in the book of John. Jesus prayed that we'd be one as He and the Father and us and them, that the world might believe. That the world might believe. You and I, and I believe this, I believe that one of the reasons we're not seeing, and I say the world is wicked. Newsflash, the world's always been wicked. Well, the world's getting more wicked. Well, it's going to. The Bible said so. In the last days, perilous times will come and men will be lovers of themselves. But then again, it also says, as it was in the days of Noah as it was in the days of Lot, right? I mean, it isn't like we're experiencing anything that, you know, you know, it's never been this bad. Well, I don't think you can make that statement. I mean, you go back and live in the Middle Ages and try to stand for what you're doing. Tell me how bad it is now. I'm serious. But go ahead. So why aren't we seeing souls saved? I believe one of the reasons because we spend so much time arguing and pride and fighting and devouring one another. And I'll just throw this out there for what it's worth as you enter the world. I am proudly a social media pacifist. So what's that mean? I made up that term, so I'm going to make a t-shirt, right? But it means this, I refuse to argue and debate other believers online about any subject. Refuse. See what they're wrong. Let them be wrong. Call them. Go meet with them. But all you do when you do that in front of a lost world or immature believers is you bring confusion and doubt and lost people point their finger and laugh and say they can't even get along with themselves which is everything the Lord's been teaching. There's been a, another guy I went to college with. He's kind of been poking the bear a little bit, trying to get me to respond. And I responded, I love you, which threw him back a little bit, right? He didn't tell me he loved me back. That was amazing. Anybody said, I love you. I said, I refuse to argue with this. Call me, but I'm not going to do this here. Because there's too many people that's lost. Let's spend our time telling them about the gospel. And he said, 
You're right. Amen. And praise the Lord for that. But don't get sucked into that, guys. Because it's disgrace. I believe it's what the Lord is talking about when he referred to casting the pearls before the swine. Let me tell you, I do not pastor you, except for him. I do not pastor you. I'm not your pastor. I'm not the internet pastor. I pastor my church. And that's where you are to grow in your faith. Quit getting all your doctrine from the internet. You need to grow in the Lord. It's such a disgrace how disunity comes in. You know what I found is now being a pastor? 18 years I've been a pastor now. Is that no one has ever left my church over doctrine. Let that sink in for a second. No one has left my church over doctrine, over my Bible. It's always over nursery, (laughs) choir, singing schedules, or teenage stuff. That's it. Because the devil loves to bring division. I'll close real quick with this. You see the principles of unity, the pattern of unity, the purpose of unity. And I want you to see in verse number seven, the plan of unity. So Paul wraps up this thought with this in verse number seven, wherefore. All right, so he's summarizing. Having said all this, wherefore, receive ye one another. We are to receive one another. That term, receive one another, you look it up, it means this, to grant access to your heart. Receive one another. Who should you receive? One another. Who does that include? That's everybody. Now again, I'm not, I, you balance scripture with scripture. Don't go hanging out, you know, with the Satan worshiper and be like, "I'm just going to hang out with them because I receive everybody." That's not what I'm talking about, right? The primary teaching of this is within your local church, but also believers, right? We are to receive one another as a believer in Christ. We ought to seek out to grant access to each other's heart. There are way too many Christians who have built walls because they're so afraid of being hurt that they won't let anyone get into their life. And they live an isolated, miserable life. But we're to receive one another. And how do we do it? Last statement, by remembering how Christ received you. Wherefore, verse 7, receive you one another as Christ also received us. Aren't you glad that God didn't hold any grudges? Aren't you glad that even though we hurt him so many times, even though we walked away from him, even though we rejected him, even though we did so many things that disgraced him, when we said, Lord, I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us. 
and he never quit reaching out to us. And when we came to him, he received us. And so anyone in your life that you have strife and divisions with, you wonder why you're not seeing souls saved. You're wondering why you feel isolated. You're wondering why you're always angry. You need to get the carnality out of your life. And you need to go to somebody today, go to them. If you need to get on the phone today and call somebody, call them. If you need to go to a staff or teacher, go. If you need to go even during this invitation to a brother or sister in Christ and say, can I pray with you? I need to say, I'm sorry, do it. Quit letting the devil rob God of glory. And the power and that statement that a lost world's looking for. Because they have no idea what real love is. And the standard of it should be found amongst God's children. Father, I pray that, Lord, you'd take this moment of invitation. I pray that, Lord, you'd help us. Unity. God, I pray that, Lord, you'd just please, Lord, there's someone here today that needs to get something right with another brother or sister. I pray they will. Lord, I pray, Lord, today, if they need to get right, if the Holy Spirit has brought someone to their heart and mind even now, I pray they confess it to you and then to get right with each other. Lord, I want to see souls saved. I want to see families helped. I want to see lives changed. I pray that every one of us would be able to think of that weaker brother or sister that we're trying to invest in and help. Lord, just please, Lord, your son prayed that we would be one, that the world would believe in him that has sent you. God, just please use